You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah, you go, Arby. The whole world got crazy. What up, ma'am, fam? It's your boy, Big Arby, right now. And I, I know when, uh, when you hear my voice first, it's scary. It means that one of us is missing. Uh, but it's not the case. We're just mixing it up tonight for funsies. So we got my co-host here tonight, the usual crew. We got Kent Garrison on the ones and twos over here. Spinning ignition for you. Yep, <laughs> for you. And Brian over here is spinning that Tracy Chapman fast car as per usual. <laughs> over on stage B. How are you guys? It's been uh, it's been a long time. I shouldn't have left you without a, a dope beat to step to as usual. Um, how's everything going? It's good. Um, good, buddy. It's good. Uh, a lot of movie watching happening in my life right now. So, so yeah. much this movie is watching. not a bad thing at all because I love this time of year. I love uh, movies that come out exclusively on Netflix and things like that that I'm interested in and saves me a trip to the theater. But, um, yeah, we're going to be cranking out two, maybe three reviews some weeks uh, very soon, this week and next. And uh, it's gonna, it's mm-hmm. good times. It's what we're all about it here. It is good times. And if you get hooked on it, uh, on these good times, uh, you know, all year you can get multiple reviews a week from us over at the Mad About Movies VIP feed over on uh, Patreon. You can go to Mad About Movies podcast.com slash VIP. And if you're like, man, two to three episodes a week of these guys, I kind of like it over the holiday season. Well, that doesn't have to stop when old Chris <laughs> Kringle heads back. You can have that year round with the VIP experience. But uh, I digress there. Um, you I guys like want that to talk- segue. That was like yeah. professional radio right there. Yeah. We just, know, um, we just talked Mrs. Doubtfire and Rain Man within the past few yeah, days on there. It's good times. Great I learned combo. from Chris Arnold, Brian. I know how to segue. <laughs> so, I'm a pro's pro, just like old CA. So, uh, now you know. <laughs> Got you down. So, <laughs> that's a joke for like seven people in Dallas. That's it. <laughs> right, yeah. People that listened to the ticket in 1996. Or K104 in 2003. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, so, all right, we'll talk a little, we're going to do a, a usual episode. Ken's going to leave us later cause he's, he has no love for us. No love for Harry Potter. It's just cool for Harry I Potter. do, but, um, I was, no, you it, don't, don't lie. <laughs> That's a lie. Hey, I saw the last one. I saw the fantastic beasts <laughs> one, but, um, what happened was we were going to, we we're going to do two net episodes, uh, this week, which we're still doing, but I couldn't. Uh, I had to pick one because my schedule was so busy. I was like, I have to see one of these. And so I picked yeah. the... Uh, I had to see Instant Family twice. I yeah. get it. I understand. So, yeah. <laughs> exactly. No, I uh, I picked I Widows, did too, but I didn't even have to do that. Which we're still going to talk, but we do have a guest for that. So we had to push that one back and uh, get it to where we could all be on at the same time and uh, and give our full thoughts on that. So what we're doing is we're talking... Y'all are talking this with a guest. And Brian and I are going to talk um, Buster Scruggs, the Coen Brothers movie that dropped on Netflix. I did get to see that, thanks to, like I said, the handy Netflix. But, but yeah, um, I'm excited for our Harry Potter retrospective. That's going to be this yeah, this spring, year. I think. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. yeah, well, nothing fun. against it. Just literally haven't watched them. That's that's the story. <laughs> It'll be fun. I'm rewatching yeah. them now. I never rewatch, and I'm rewatching them all the last couple weekends. I've seen six of them, which is crazy for me. Uh, yeah. But I've done it wow. and enjoyed them immensely. Yeah. 
I've got only got two left. They're great. There are yeah, there are great. more of those than Star Wars movies, guys. There's more. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy true. to think about. Uh, actually, there's nine, right? Let's see. There's yeah. I guess well, there's, there's ten. Beasts, yeah, yeah, if you can't count Fantastic Beasts, yes, there's ten now. Yeah, but there's ten Star Wars now, right? Or there's I guess there's nine next year. Well, if you don't count the, but uh, also Rogue One and Han yeah. Solo. Yeah. Count the, this, but Fantastic. Be- count. If you count Fantastic Beasts, you have to count those. <laughs> Otherwise, oh yeah, that's true. Sure, yeah. you're right. There's the same so, amount of um, Star anyway. Wars movies now. Yeah, I guess technically, for being technical. Okay. What? Yeah, deal with it. Deal with it, Kent. All right, so we're going <laughs> to jump into a little movie news here. I'm going to newscast this. Oh, we got some pretty big uh, casting news. I don't know. I know we've been busy. I don't know if it hits you guys. Um, but uh, one kind of small casting note and then a really big one. So we'll start with the really big one first. Um, John Cryer is Lex Luthor um, <laughs> on Supergirl. So thoughts? I mean, Finally. no one is more menacing you know, to live up to the to Gene Hackman, you know, the great actors of, of Lex Luthor past, Gene Hackman, mm-hmm. great human beings of Lex Luthor past, Kevin Spacey, and great magicians of Lex <laughs> Luthor past, Jesse Eisenberg. Uh, no one lives yeah. up. Yeah. Sounds like CW got my letters. I've been Good. aggressively campaigning for John Cryer on... Supergirl as Lex Luthor. I took no, all he... of Two and a Half Men and I edited it all. It was incredibly time consuming, but uh, I think worth it. I <laughs> edited out his hair in every single episode and just sent those new edited copies to uh, Greg Berlanti and, and CW. And finally, I mean, six six years of doing that and it's paid off. Well, you know, have you ever seen the video? Not kidding. There's a video of John, and we'll get to the real casting news in a minute. I'm doing a bit, but uh, the real thing of the the sort of Trumpian um, routine that Cryer had to do to have hair on Two and a Half Men. It was like a two-hour spray routine. I'm not kidding. There's like a YouTube video of it. He was really wow. open about oh, it. Oh, he it's really was sad. bald? Yeah, he's been bald for like apparently like 15 years, and he would do wow. this thing where it was like all – and once you know it, you can kind of – it's not that you watch a whole lot of Two and a Half Men, but when you pass why it on FX on a Sunday on afternoon. Show? Like why does that – I don't – Like this character has Charlie hair, guys. Sheen had a hard rule against it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's like, a fascinating. We're in a weird place where we really, really, really want John Cryer, but he's bald. <laughs> hey, I have a. Let's just say, uh-huh. um, if in terms of casting him as Lex Luthor, if they're going for just generally unsettling, I think it's a great casting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. That vibe it just um, like makes you feel queasy, so, right. you know. <laughs> all right. So, have you guys seen the bigger casting news? Slightly bigger, I would say. Have you seen the they're remaking the saint, the uh, the master of disguise. Yeah, film yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Have you seen I, who's who's a who's? I don't know if they've announced yet, but it's circling and about to attach. Mr. I believe I have seen that. Yes, yeah, I'm Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. The saint is one of those things that should have worked and w- way more as a box office hit. And I think these are the kind of movies we always talk about. This is what you should be remaking, right? Yeah, yeah. Like. This should have been bigger and was a good movie, but like didn't quite connect or whatever. So this is the one. Twenty years later, let's take another crack at it. Totally. Yeah. The Saint was on one of our. It may have been mine. One of our guilty pleasure lists, which yeah. was episode three hundred, I think. So go back and go back and find that if you want. Yeah, The Saint's uh, not a good movie, but a fun movie, and you're you're, yeah. you're spot on. That's that's the type of movie you should be remaking. Hopefully. Hopefully, ponytailed Val Kilmer plays the villain. That's my that's my goat. 
my goal for this. Yeah, I was gonna. I was hoping uh, Val was returning, but um, I uh, I think you got to find that line between property that some people know but not everybody knows and is too attached to in terms of re- yeah. not having to come up with original ideas in Hollywood, and yeah. that does seem right. like a God perfect. Forbid perfect thing i still can't believe they're making another robocop i don't think we talked about this on uh, the show yet <laughs> uh, neil yeah. blomkamp of chappie fame once they once mm. they saw what he did with ninjas and robots and chappie they were all in Robo they were Ninja. sold well that's really what's be. always been missing from robocop yeah. he's, he's never been a ninja and that's uh that's a problem you know that's a problem yeah. as we've yeah. as we've seen as we've come to to know about robots, you will they must definitely be. have ninja capabilities. What if they get ninja <laughs> to do the voice of RoboCop? I am RoboCop. That <laughs> uh, could be incredible. Somebody needs to make, uh, needs to dub that trailer with just lines from Chappie over uh, RoboCop. Um, Man, yeah, Hugh Jackman is... was in that movie. Just reminder: Hugh Jackman was in that movie. Hugh Jackman was in RoboCop. No, he was he in Chappie. Oh, Chappie! I was like, I definitely yeah. don't remember him in RoboCop. Yeah, I remember him in Chappie as like the the villain guy. Yeah, ninja. I will <laughs> fight a ninja. It was weird, um, but uh, no. Okay, so we've got last. Uh, that was the last bit of casting news. I got one more or a couple items on you. We'll, we'll one kind of discussion point, but one thing. We're you know this holiday season. We're always looking for um, a little bit of extra value. Yep. We're looking for um, you know where we can take advantage of as as our economy because becomes more and more a kind of that gig economy that we all heard but also this subscription-based economy so much of the value of these subscriptions is lost in the fine print you know a lot of people don't know that with your netflix prescription uh, prescription subscription you can get basically uh, prescription you know, though yeah it really is you got to inject it right yep. in your blood consult your doctor before mm-hmm. uh watching house of cards season six but <laughs> A lot of people don't realize, and I think this is a huge perk for, and they, and, you know, Amazon caught some flack. They're catching a lot of flack with the HQ2 piece and, and uh, ruining all of our cities and stuff. Um, but, you know, this, they also caught some flack earlier this summer for raising the price of Prime. It went up, I think, $25, uh, which is substantial, even uh, kind of amortized across the year. But now we have kind of a perk to warrant that. And did you know that with your Amazon Prime subscription, you can get access to advanced screenings of Aquaman. <laughs> Are you serious? This is a real. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, Batman yeah. Chains. Pretty still. So crazy. people are yeah. paying basically $100 to get an advanced 7 p.m. local time. Well, yeah, and free shipping. But, I mean, that's yeah. like whatever. So they, free they send you a PDF. And that's what they do. They send you a PDF <laughs> that you scan for $100. Just so you can see and it early, you can find the closest where, theater where that will it? be paying it. Like what day? How early? You one day early. It's oh my gosh! December fifteenth. If you I think are it's a Prime week. Member, I think it's a week. Yeah, early. It's got to be. Oh, a week is it a week early? You're up to. Early. You're allowed up to ten tickets. Um. Yeah, it's six days early. So you know what this is? Just the screams of the people that do Synergy this. Synergy and brilliance, and people being so stoked <laughs> that they got to see a movie a week early that they're gonna blow it up on yep. social media. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're genius. hoping for. It's serious. It's a genius move. This is the first smart move that Warner Brothers has made in months, years, maybe. Because the the, the amount genius. of people that love it will far outweigh yes. the one person who paid a hundred dollars and didn't like the movie. Because you're going to convince yes. yourself you liked it if you paid that much. 
And if they're really smart, they'll embargo this on Rotten Tomatoes and reviews mm-hmm. and stuff until like three days before. So all the positive buzz will be out well far in advance of all any uh, any, any possible yeah. negative. Uh, right, but the positive buzz is already buzz is already out there. Right? <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you've heard, but the buzz is pretty good on the advanced screenings. Yeah. Now those I, I, I got Shane's newsletter. I I know his daily his <laughs> daily blast. Well, but those screenings are actually just for HelloFresh members. Um, so <laughs> that's different. The, that gets you in a month and a half early, and then they're gonna do um, Dollar Shave Club. That gets you in six weeks early. Right. Right. And it goes from there. That so. is a very interesting strategy, and it doesn't surprise me at all. That's what I'll yeah, say. Yeah, I that. think it's I think it's really smart. That's a that's and I think it's it's smart on Amazon's part to that would not shock me at all, right? If if that becomes a a trend, if you can get advanced tickets to see whatever Alita Battle Angel, I'm or still like that. man. Yes. I'm still in the. Um, I know we had this conversation maybe last year. But I'm still under the impression that if studios wanted to put movies on demand day of for forty nine ninety five, most people would oh, yeah. do that. They would. Yeah, big movie digital, families would digital, for sure. Oh yeah, forty nine. If you have a family of four, that's cheaper than like going and getting snacks and stuff. Yeah, um, and the only the theaters yeah, no, make money off the snacks. You know, the, the, the right movie theater still takes a cut. Oh, also from ticket sales. So if you're spending eight bucks a ticket. They're taking. They're getting five bucks a person, maybe. No, they don't get very. They break it's even way on low tickets. at the beginning. Yeah, but yeah. every additional week they get a bigger cut. So right. for yeah. crazy rich Asians, they made a ton, right? The studio, right? Because it, yeah, decreases to. Uh, I think thirty yeah. percent is the lowest it goes. It starts at like mm-hmm. ten, and then it goes well toward the theater gets thirty percent, and the studio gets seventy by the end, or something like that. So, so yeah, I wouldn't. I would be. All in on an idea of forty nine ninety five or fifty nine for Star Wars or whatever it is for day of on demand, and maybe it expires in a month or something like that. But you can watch it mm-hmm. while it's in theaters, and you still have to buy it for on de- for you know for purchase or DVD or Blu Ray or whatever they're trying to push. But I think that would be genius too. The first person to do that is going to be the studio of the future. Maybe Disney Plus. We'll do that. Uh, I remember when I said mm. that years ago, and I was like, "Yeah, the minute that happens, I'll never go back to the yeah. theater." And I know Brian's still that's team what they the don't other want, side, though. I guess. You too scoffed at me, Kent. You're like, I, don't know oh, I, I would still always go. I would always go. To the I would theater. still go now, for three years later. Star Wars and stuff. I would go for never big event movies, yet. but would I go to see Overlord? Probably not necessarily. You know, <laughs> if I didn't do this show, I still would. But I'm just so sick of movie theaters after doing this for six years. Like, yeah. I'm good for ne- if I never set foot in one again. That's awesome. And I love seeing the movies, and I love doing the show. But just like the actual process of going and sitting in those chairs, we've mm. seen what 300 movies in theaters in the last six years or so. Like, I'm cool. Like, I'm yeah. I'm that's a lifetime's worth for me. I'm good. But yeah, I still no, love it the is theater. I still love going, but I know I I am recognizing more and more that I'm still in the minority and. I only like going in one of two occasions when I am with a group of people in a packed theater on opening weekend and it's fun and the environment, you know, kind of feeds the energy of the movie and stuff or when I can be basically the only person in the theater. Any right. in between, which is what I have suffered There's like through four other greatly. people in there and two of yeah, them are Yeah, when there's just the enough pe- yeah. exactly, when there's just enough people to where somebody's sitting within like two or three seats of you and they're annoying and being loud and munching on popcorn really loudly and talking and crap like that, that 
that ruins the uh, the experience for me. I would like the in-home viewing or uh, the on-demand thing much more for the smaller movie. That's where, mm-hmm. for me personally, that's where the money lies. I think, I think if your movie is not going to be in, if your movie is going to be in less than say 500 theaters on its opening weekend or expanded weekend or whatever, then you should be required to put it on demand for 12 bucks or something or 15 bucks or whatever. Because there's so many movies that I would like to be able to catch up with. I don't have time to drive to Dallas on a Tuesday to go see, you know, the movie because that's and that's a that's a beating for me. But again, probably in the in the uh, the minority, the people that want to see those movies and also do not have time to go and drive to theater to see the movies are probably not that big of a market. I mean, uh, theater attendance is at an all time low. I think it's a little up this year from from last year, but every year it seems like they're hitting new. Lows in terms of people that are actually going to the movies. When we were in high school, it was like everybody – I think the number was – I was reading in a, in a book. The number was like 10 or 12 a year, movies we would go to back even right before uh, social media really took off. And now it's like four a year. Like it's decreased that much on how many people mm, actually that would, go. That's like what, how many my wife goes to, if that. Yeah. Probably two to three actually. And that, that honestly, if we didn't do the show as much as I love – um, there's not much anymore that as I get older that I'm like, I have to see this ASAP. Like I'm like, I'll wait, I'll, I'll undemand it in four months. Like that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I just, I, I, there's not much I need to see opening weekend, but obviously, I mean, we see 50 plus movies a year because of this and that's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I get to see all that and there, it's still fine. But, but I think I'd be in that group too. Cause it's like when you're 18, it feels like the world's going to end tomorrow and you have to see everything immediately. And now I'm like, meh. That'll be on Amazon in four months. Like mm-hmm. it'll be three ninety nine. That'll be fine. I'm not gonna spoil it. I won't read anything about it. I could do that. You know, I could live that life. I totally get it. Oh yeah, we're spoiled, man. But Brian, I will say, it's nothing quite like. Get yourself a. You have a nice like sound system for your movie watching. I don't really. I've never been a big uh, surround sound speaker guy. It's just never, you know. I, That's what I, I love see about the value the of it, but it's yeah. never been like my. I'm not gonna never have taken the time to do it and spend the money and all that kind of stuff to do it right. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of I just deal with it. Yeah, I mean that's for me. I've got I don't have surround sound or anything like that, but I do have like a stereo unit to run mm-hmm. my movies through. That does make a difference. And but I do. I mean, I prefer nice sound. Like going and seeing Bohemian Rhapsody is awesome in a theater because the sound is huge mm-hmm. and it sounds like a concert in there or whatever. You're, you're not going to get the same experience for some movies, but you can make up for the stuff that you like. I think I've got the 3D TV as well, so if you'd like, if you're into that, you can do that and watch Avatar mm-hmm. 50 times. Um, we never talked about the Avatar titles that got leaked, did we? No. Gosh. I haven't even seen them. I don't. Uh, oh, Lord. I, 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 I hesitate to bring bring them up because if they end up being not true, it'll be uh, <laughs> bad reflection. Do you have any more movie news, Richard? I got one thing, but you can, let's we, let's stay on. I'm going to look fun. that up, and while we hit this next thing, we'll hit it, hit these titles at the end. Yeah, this last thing's just conversational because it's a little bit more on this kind of release strategy conversation we're talking about. Is the idea obviously the marketing's great on it and i think it's a cool idea what do you guys think about this pg13 deadpool the once upon a deadpool christmas pg13 try to capture yet another new audience i think maybe mm-hmm. test the waters a bit for introducing this pg13 deadpool into the mcu um mm-hmm. 
what do you guys do? You, you guys think that's smart and cool, or is it a lame cash grab, or some a bit of both, or what? Yeah, it's probably a bit of both. I was kind of, <laughs> I was against it uh, when they announced it because it just seems like it seemed like a cash grab. It seemed like something that I more than anything, it just seemed unnecessary. Like we like, we really loved those two movies. They exist in the world that they exist in, and they don't really necessarily need to cross over into the rest of uh, the movie going experience, you know, or the certainly the the MCU and all that stuff. I didn't, I don't find it necessary. However, like that's a great trailer, little teaser trailer. I love the idea of kind of framing it as if uh, Deadpool is reading a uh, Princess Bride story, a, fa- a fairy tale to sick adult Fred Savage. is incredible. That's a uh, Ryan Reynolds is reading. That's uh-huh. that's awesome. That's a really funny bit, and it definitely left me in a place where I felt like, including not just that, but like the the poster is great, the title of it's kind of funny. I. I don't know. Like I, I have gone. I've kind of gone a one eighty on this. I, I was very, very against it at the outset, and now I'm just like, no. I, I kind of see now. I get it's what next we're, year, right? We're doing here. I think it's gonna be no. It comes out. Uh, a couple, it's Christmas. Know, three weeks. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say that. That's the best. That would be the best part is releasing it out of nowhere. And everyone's just like, oh, I guess there's yeah. a Deadpool Christmas movie now. You know, and sure, not like sure. trying to hype it up like a real thing. Yeah. It, I mean, it seems a bit dis- disingenuous for a, a PG-13 Deadpool, considering that's what made it what it was. It was so over-the-top, violent, and um, some of the jokes were a little off-color. But I think you can have you can have a, a, a smart-alecky meta Deadpool without all that stuff, and I think that's what they're mm-hmm. going to go for. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they straddle the line there. And again, like you said, Richard might be just testing the waters for putting them in Avengers in uh, two movies or so, whenever they can uh, mm-hmm. yeah, pay I mean, enough you know, money to gotta... get the rights. Yeah. Oh, well, I think they already do with that Fox right. acquisition. Is right. it is they the Fox thing the has that gone through officially? It, I mean, it's going to take a year and a half to yeah. do. But I mean, I think it's all. I guess they're I mean, prepping for that. Pending that going they're... through, yeah, that, if that goes through, they they've got it. It's just a license fee that they now pay themselves. Um, <laughs> but uh yeah it's it'll be it'll be interesting on that you know you got to know deadpool of all things whatever does it they they can announce they're putting a deadpool porn out into you know 10,000 theaters and they're going to sell it great i mean their marketing arm is just so <laughs> is so good that like you're always going to have a, a a a positive vibe um coming out of any of their marketing on it. So no matter if the idea is bad or not, you'll never be able to tell by their marketing. So it's it's hard. I mean, that trailer is just so good and fun and perfectly mm-hmm. on, on pitch and hilarious, you know? Um, but I think, yeah. Hey, look, if you're going to cash grab, at least be clever about it. And they've certainly done yeah. that. So I'm kind of fine with it. Yeah. No, I think you have to trust the people that are involved with it to, you know, to be the right people to do the right thing and make it, make it an interesting and fun experience, not just, you know, not just a censored Deadpool. That's not, mm-hmm. that's fun for five minutes. I don't know that it's fun for an hour and a half or two hours or whatever, but what we have seen from those two movies and, and from Ryan Reynolds in the past and stuff would lead you to believe that they, that they at least have a, an idea for what they are going to do with it. Not just run out, uh, you know, this, this kind of, this bit for two hours. I, I would imagine there's, there's stuff, Stuff at work. I guess you. What I'm saying is, you just have to trust that they know what they're doing because they kind of built up a little bit of currency with it at this point. I love Christmas movies, man. I loved when they did a Harold and Kumar one. 
And I was like, yes, this is awesome. This is the kind of stuff we need in our lives. More random properties turned into Christmas properties is, is always funny. Um, so I have the Avatar titles. Get ready. Brace yourselves. <laughs> the Avatar 4 or Avatar 2, there's four uh, sequels, but the first is Avatar 2. And the rumored title for that is Avatar The Way of Water. Oh, no. The next no. Avatar 3 <laughs> terrible. is going to be called, get this one, Avatar The Seed Bearer. No. <laughs> get ready for those jokes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Ava- in the Avatar 4 is going to be called, apparently going to be called, Avatar the Tolkien Rider. Like like T R Tolkien. T U L K U N. I know I think that's <laughs> those like creatures that they fly around on. Okay. The Tolkien Rider. And the last one, the epic conclusion is Avatar the Quest for Yaiwa. I can't pronounce the word. E Y W A. I keep forgetting there's so many. Like in my brain, there's still just two more coming, and then they always just keep going and keep going. Four so sequels. Conf- Avatar 5 is officially like filmed <laughs> pretty much. I can't. I, I hope this. I hope Avatar 2 just bombs. And then there's just like, oh no. <laughs> Gosh. I honestly hope that's the case. I think Avatar 2 will do okay. In the states, I don't think it'll do. I think it'll do well overseas, and Avatar three will do even worse in the states, and people will just that's when they're gonna freak out. I just well, you don't greenlight five movies ten years after the the original. <laughs> I just we talk about movies a lot, and I know you know mo- so many of my friends. That's what they want to talk about all the time is movies. I cannot. I don't know that anyone has mentioned has ever mentioned Avatar. Avatar since like the week yeah, it came out. Since yeah. The, yeah, since the Academy Awards. Ten years ago, right? A lot of old yeah, that was. Just, just don't I don't I don't get it. I don't I don't feel like it's going to be anywhere near the reception that James Cameron thinks that it's it's going to be. Well Sam Worthington's still peaking, so <laughs> Right. Right. I mean maybe try it out. Try it out with uh with one movie, right? Like, just exactly. float the idea out there to the the general public. Uh, you guys, uh, you guys still interested in this? Is you know they're all blue and stuff. Is this cool? We we made fourteen new technologies to make some new stuff pop off the screen and everything. Is this cool? You guys like it? What, yeah? What's going to okay, be cool. crazy? Cool. Let's do some more. Let's do some more of those. Then yeah, yeah. yeah let's do that. But no, no, we don't. It, this is twenty twenty, right? Is the first one? It's not even next year. I is that think so. Let me double check on the release date. But okay. Um, and are they, are, are they just gonna go? Yeah, December eighteenth, twenty twenty. Okay. Are they doing the Lord of the Rings thing where it's every December? Yeah, for December, the next... yeah. December seventeenth okay. is Avatar three. December twentieth, twenty twenty four is Avatar four. So they're skipping three years between skipping Avatar two and three years. and <laughs> Avatar four and five. So literally in so we're looking at twenty twenty five. Twenty twenty five Avatar five is coming. Sixteen out. Yeah. years after the first one, and and no one no one will be sick of it by the then. last. No one will. <laughs> Just twenty twenty five. I don't get it. Turn this into a like HBO show. Yeah, you know, make a like, Netflix series out of yeah. it or something. Just gosh. Uh. Netflix, Netflix or Disney Plus even because they have 
they have Avatar rides at Disney World now. That I feel like that actually makes some sense. I feel like that's something you can you certainly can't build your platform around it, but you could market the crap out of that as a ten part series or something on Disney Plus or Netflix or whatever. But I just don't I don't know. The worst part is just James Cameron's I would have made it earlier, but the technology literally doesn't exist to make the movie that I want to make. It's like, yes, right. it does, James. You, yeah. Trust me, there's there's technology that you can use. Man. It's mm. just strike when the iron's hot, man. I'm yeah, like I said, just, this is gonna make seventy five million probably, I'm gonna guess. In the US opening, opening weekend. weekend sure. And people will Call forget it about it but... about Two weeks later, probably, and then it'll kill in in Asia and Europe. And uh, the other one had some more. legs here, just because it was such a visual spectacle. Because it was like a three could... D thing. I don't think yeah, anyone... it was like a theme park ride. When's the last time you, you went could... to a three D movie? You know? No, I, I agree. Mean... I'm not arguing with you. I'm just saying, unless the technology equals that in terms of a jump again, where it's mm-hmm. like you have Smell to go see this. Yeah, <laughs> where it's like you have to go see it because it's that technologically spectacular. Because that does get people to go see things over and over again mm-hmm. or bring other people. But if Definitely. it's just more of that slightly 10-year better looking avatar, no one will care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just yeah, it is supposed or, to be uh, a lot of water right. stuff, which I reported, right. I reported that as an exclusive exclusive, I don't know, four years ago when I heard uh, mm-hmm. it was going to be underwater. And they actually – where it was a lawyer. It was a, uh, it was a uh, Hollywood lawyer I was talking to about it, and he said that they were trying – like he was in the process of – of working on a Kate or finding out if they could not cast Sam Worthington, but still use his character because it was a CGI, like use his likeness in the character and get somebody else to voice it, but still have him in the movie just as the Navi, like not the actual person. And I think that mm. fell through. So, cause I saw him, he's in the cast list now. Like, can we not have <laughs> this guy back, but still have him in it some way? Like, no, you can't, <laughs> you can't do that. You can't just use a person in the movie without their, permission apparently but they thought they owned yeah. the right to sam worthington without sam worthington which is not the case but look forward to that yeah. in four years five years or whatever right. we're going to talk about it it you know in high just one more thing on that yeah. in hindsight i think that's one of the i think it's one of the cooler things about avatar is that probably because it costs so dadgum much to do all the technology the cast is at the time was you know it's sigourney weaver but then everybody else is kind of uh, you know, B-list or C-list or unknown or whatever. And that's kind of cool for that movie. But in hindsight, if you're going to try to build a huge freaking franchise off of it 20 years after it came out, you kind of wish you had some star power to bank on, right? Like not just... Zoe Saldana's gotten well, bigger. They're, they're blue and they're mm-hmm. underwater and stuff. Yeah, Zoe Saldana's not bringing anybody to the theater. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, I, I get what it... I, Again, I think it was the right call for 2009, but now, so long after, you kind of wish you had. <laughs> It'd be great for James Cameron if you had stumbled upon somebody in that casting. That if if you had cast Chris Pratt in 2009, right. and now yeah, he, he struck out with uh, you know Sam I mean? Worthington. Yeah, yeah, it's a major swing and miss on him. And the movie fi- doesn't need him to be a star in that, but it would. I'm gonna look I up and see who he almost cast as that, and who he said no to. Yeah, that's because that'd be that, that would be very interesting to see. You're telling me that Joel David Moore fan base isn't gonna come out in droves for this? <laughs> I was trying to think of that guy's name, I was like, the dude from Dodgeball. Uh, no, uh, yeah. Matt Damon, Jake Gyllenhaal, and Sam Worthington 
James Cameron decided to cast Sam Worthington. That's all. Matt Damon. They're all the same. <laughs> Matt, oh, that is so you think bad. Matt Damon, do you think Matt Damon wishes he had that paycheck or if every day he wakes up and is like, oh, thank God. I think, I think both. More of these. No, I think he, he – he regrets not do not getting the part, and I think James Cameron regrets not casting him because he knows Matt Damon <laughs> could draw people in 2020 probably where Sam Worthington's going to be like, who, what? Oh, from Avatar. That's like the only thing that could uh, they've seen him in besides that, unless you live in Australia. Okay, I'm going to let you guys get out of here and do your fantastic beasting. Um, mm. How was just <laughs> before mode. before we uh, – before I sign off, how was the white face paint, Johnny Depp? Good. <laughs> Excellent. Just, if you're going to rank Incredible. his performances in white face paint, where where would this rank in the top uh, 25? In the it, it'd probably be in the fifth or sixth tier, but yeah. that's still the upper 20th tiers. I yeah. mean, that's you know, there's 39 tiers, so <laughs> each with five movies in them, so it's not bad. Yeah, it's average. Less scarfs in yeah. this movie. Yeah, I heard so his scarfist got gypped on this one. Which is never what you yeah, want, yeah. not what you want to do to a scarfist. And I, yeah. I speak from experience yeah. there. Okay, well, especially in this in, in the in the WB Harry Potter universe because that it's a big scarf universe. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was just and kind of insult to injury. Right, and the scarfist was recommended by Duff. So yeah. I don't know if he's oh, I don't know no. if he's going to be able to pass that bridge. Right <laughs> we'll not talk to him. Yeah, block his number. Tough. Right. Okay, Duff. the Duff man, oh, man. Duff Meister, <laughs> Duffy boy. Hey Duff. Hey Duff. Hey Duffy. Duff. 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 Hey, did you see Fantastic Beasts? <laughs> oh, you didn't? Oh, okay. It's, oh. Pr- it's pretty good. Okay. I'm in it. <laughs> Gotta let Duffy down. Can I get you a screener? <laughs> okay. Y'all have fun. and uh, <laughs> We will. We'll talk Buster Scruggs, Brian. Yeah. Yeah, I'll Can't give wait. you a holler. All right, bro. Later. Cool. All right. What's going on, man fam? Before we get in our review tonight, I want to tell you guys about a little friend of the show company called craft and oak they are actually a friend of the show i should tell you guys a good friend of mine humphrey started this company uh but what they do is something really cool as we go into the holiday season they make maps and custom posters for you so they have two different kinds they can do a city grid map really graphic goes great on a wall if you have a favorite city if you love visiting barcelona with your wife then you can get a cool grid map of the city they also do star a star map and the star map is great uh because it's time and location so if you want to say what the stars look like in Minneapolis in 1981 on February 4th. Um, you can have that printed. It's a great anniversary present and all of that. But for friends of the show, or as we call them, Mam Fam, uh, Craft and Oak is offering a little deal. So go to craftoak.com, C R A F T O A K, struggle there, C R A F T O A K.com, and pick out your poster and add it in the promo code Movies30. Promo code MOVIES30, and you will get 30% off as we go into the holiday season. That is even lower than their Black Friday discount. That is the lowest possible discount they offer. They're a really great product. They're beautiful. They're graphic. They are very much with the style. They look great on any wall, really dress up your apartment, or they make a great gift as well. So craftoak.com, promo code MOVIES30. What do you guys think? Always looking for a good holiday gift, right? This is the time. Need these this type of thing. It's personalized. It's nice. You get to kind of custom and choose what you want that's awesome but it's not uh you know not just coming straight out of a factory somewhere front of the show all that good stuff it's I'll awesome. say These very modern design too if you're mm-hmm. into modern art it's uh very sleek very um hip to the current times um you're not going to worry about this thing 
looking like you bought it in 1982 or anything like that, it's gonna it's gonna pop in your home. And they got several different colors to choose from. I've already got three picked out for Christmas gifts this year. Thank you so much, Craft and Oak. CraftOak.com promo code movies thirty. We are here for some fantastic beast talks, and uh, we are joined as to less than fantastic beasts uh, by our our friend Ellen, friend of the show, Ellen. Welcome back. Hi, thanks How for having you? me. Of course, it's the honor and thrill of a lifetime, and you can tell <laughs> by my tone that I meant it. <laughs> no, it is. It's awesome to have you on here, and uh, and uh, we're gonna get into this. Will be a a good one to break down, and we'll we'll start. Uh, Kent said he wouldn't talk to you though. That's why he's not here. He was he was yeah, pretty upset here. about you being here. Kent has so, just seen you know. one Harry Potter film, <laughs> and it was Fantastic Beasts one, and he was that's it what, made what him so angry. Intro. Oh, what a wonderful gosh. entrance into right. all of right. <laughs> you read any of the books? Great. No, seen any of the no. movies? No, no. any of the. <laughs> Fan fiction? No, no. Are you aware of the pro? Really wasn't. I uh, was touring the entire time um, during those movies. Had no real understanding of them. I hated this. That's basically Kent's review right there. Still think the other ones look good. He's always positive right? about it. He's like, it seemed yeah. fine. Yeah. <laughs> I just, this yeah. was terrible. I'm excited for um, the Kent Garrison retrospective on Yeah, Harry I'm excited Potter for him year. to be a little bit awesome. warm. Mm-hmm. On the first and build, mm-hmm. they're yeah. very good. They're better than I remember. And then he's gonna like poop his pants when he gets to Azkaban, <laughs> which will be cool. oh my gosh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, so anywho, uh, we're gonna talk. So let's just before we get into Fantastic Beasts, because gosh, if there isn't, there's not always so much to talk about in these films because by goodness are they competently made, and even more by goodness are they boring. So let's talk a little more about uh, Ellen. Are you big Potterhead? You Potterist familius? Are you? Uh... <laughs> yes, um, very much so. Assume so, this episode, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was just—I'll try to keep it brief. But I was. Um... Please don't go on. Yeah. I'm gonna <laughs> we'll see you later. Go ahead. Um, I was—I think like kindergarten or first grade when the first one came out. Um, so I was like learning to read, and my mom had heard about these books, so she or this book. And she went and bought it, and she was, like, reading a chapter aloud to me each, like, night as, like, a way for me to kind of learn to read. I would try to learn a little bit here and there. And it was just, it turned out to be, obviously, like, a really great book. It was something we bonded over, and it was just, like, you know, something I was so embarrassed by, but now I think it's kind of cute. It was this tradition that we kept up through the entire series that we would read it to each other when it would come out. Mm. And then I'd go back and, like, read it all again. Um so it's a big part of, like, I learned to read with these books. It's a big part of, like, you know, my relationship with my mom. And then also when the movies came out, like, we went to every movie together. And then it just, I don't know, it was a big part of just my growing up experience. I think the last one came out just before I went to high school. And um, I don't know, just it's just a very formative experience of mine to read the books and see the films. And I just, out of like, I'm one of millions that, it just really touched in a special way. And to this day, I'm like still crazy Harry Potter obsessed. Um, I have a tattoo of a snitch on my arm. Like it's, <laughs> it's some have said it's a little out of hand. I beg to differ, but you know, <laughs> to each their own. So not a big fan. Okay. Put you in no. the camp. <laughs> yeah. camp. Snitches. I actually have uh, a 
a uh, tattoo that just says snitches get stitches. So it's similar. similar. And then Brian right Brian below has a tattoo. Yeah, Brian has a tattoo <laughs> of the poster from the Dwayne jo- the Rock Johnson movie Snitch. The Snitch. So <laughs> right. Yeah, it's so very... we all have we all have in our way in our <laughs> right. way yeah. big Barry Pepper guy that Brian Gill. <laughs> um, Anyway, so yeah, so I'll go, and then we'll go you, Brian, because you've got an interesting thing, because you've got a kiddo kind of gracefully aging into this now. Mm-hmm. You know, he's probably a couple years away from from uh, the books, maybe, mm-hmm. um, and all that. So uh, being read to him in your in your dulcet tones, I didn't. You know, this came out the first one. I'm older than you. Oh, God knows, I'm not as old as Brian. Thank God, but uh, <laughs> it's terrible. I I agree. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm living, you know, but, uh, but, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> sorry, ventilator no, I, slipped I, I learned about this, I think in like seventh or eighth grade. Cause there was that weird thing where like, you know, schools were banning it. Cause it was like allegedly about witchcraft and stuff. <laughs> there was like that narrative for a couple of God, weeks. we spend so Everyone much, we waste friend. so much time. Gosh. Yeah. 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 Everyone uh, had that friend that's like, mom wouldn't let them read it. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so there was that, and I remember being like, well, that's ridiculous, but even more ridiculous would I ever read some nerd book about a witch, you know? Uh, I, gotta watch yeah, I got a lot of Hemingway about. here, yeah. <laughs> no, I wasn't in that phase yet. I was more, I was reading a lot of Rick Riley uh, during that era. But, uh, so, anyway, I, I didn't, you know, I was like, I'll never get into that. And then I had a group of friends um, uh, that were into it, and I just kind of happened. I first one I saw was Azkaban, which is a great intro, mm-hmm. and I spent the whole movie. We watched it on on DVD, so whenever that was, um, and it was newly out, and I spent the whole movie. So it wasn't annoying. They'd all seen it, and we were in someone's home. But I was like, "Who does that? What does that mean?" And I kind of pieced it together, and then I saw Goblet of Fire, and then after that, I saw them all in theaters and really loved them. And then they, they it might be like my favorite franchise. I love Harry Potter. Um, some of my favorite theater memories are like the midnight releases and, and all that just as movies, the books I I haven't done yet. I'm going to, What? I was kind of treating them like Disney where it's like, I can't wait to read them, but maybe I should save it till I have kids mm-hmm. and that'll be something fun. Um, to read them the first time, you know, at story time at night or something, but now I'm kind of getting impatient. So I might read them next year. I'm, 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 it's up in the air, kind of been saving them. And now, you know, who wants, you know, who wants my kids out there in the universe? So maybe I'll just have kids and read these books myself. But uh, so that's my thing. I'm a, I'm a big fan. I'm I'm cynical about most things, and I I love uh, this world and these movies. And there's and even more surprisingly, there's ample amount of woods in them. <laughs> and, uh, just fast forward through those parts, or yeah, obviously, yeah. <laughs> Except for one blanket uh, over the head. Yeah. When uh, what's her face gets dragged away by the centaurs, right, uh, right? That was the only that's the only wood scene I watched, and I shivered you, the entire time. Do you <laughs> like the fifth movie? I do, or the Phoenix, right? Yeah, like okay, it's because you haven't read the books. Because I think I heard you mention once before that you liked that movie. And I was like, I bet he hasn't read it because everyone yeah. I know that's like a big reader hates the fifth movie, really? okay. myself it's, included. It's really different from the. The, the tone is just, I don't know. I, I don't know. Brian, did you? It's my favorite of the series. Really? Yeah. Favorite oh book, favorite. It's probably not my favorite what? movie. I would say probably, probably honestly, probably Deathly Hallows is my, the, just combining them all together into one big movie. It's probably my favorite movie of the month, but that's my favorite book of the series by a fair stretch. And, yeah, and, best book. and I love, I love the, um, I have a lot of, 
Uh, yeah, I I, lo- I love that that uh, that movie, and I think that it is a fair. Like my whole thing with the, this series, movie and book, and I probably have said this before. Last time we talked about uh, Fantastic Beasts, but I think that a great film adaptation of a beloved book or book series. Um, like ideally they should work Divergent, hand in hand. Right. right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I always compare to every going, book series got there to slightly right. maybe at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I love how this, the book series and these, those movies, uh, they kind of work hand in hand to where, uh, you, if you have read the books, you know, far more obviously of what's happening in sort of the B and C story. But if you have not read the books, you're not missing out on anything. Of you're not like nothing's going over your head of like what's happening here. And I I love that. I think that that and that to me, there probably isn't a book in or excuse me a movie in that series that exemplifies that more than than the fifth fifth one because there's so much that's happening in the background and in the other stories and the and and also just in in, in Harry's story as well. But I don't think you're missing anything if you haven't read those books. And instead, you can just kind of, if you have read the books, you just kind of um, know all this information. And so all this mm. stuff kind of clicks. But you're right. You're right, Ellen. Like, there's a lot of differences. Um, I have yeah. found in my experience that that book is that, how do you feel about that book, first of all? I think it's probably the strongest book. Mm-hmm. My favorite is Azkaban, but that one's like right okay. there with it. Um, when I first read it, I didn't enjoy it as much because it takes such a sharp, dark turn. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I felt very frustrated for Harry and all the stuff that he found himself going through it was a very frustrating year for, I think, our three main characters. Yeah. And the fifth movie took more comedic moments. Mm-hmm. Tried to lighten than- it up. Sure. Yeah, which obviously, like, they're in the movie-making business. They can't make it as melancholy as the book was. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know. I just... She was I, great, though. Umbridge was Oh, awesome. she's, she's the best part of yeah. the movie. Mm-hmm. And, and um, She's so hateable. There's just a lot of things that happen that, I don't know, that could have... But then again, it would it would have to have been, like, two movies. Because that right, is, like, sure. I think right. the longest one. It's the longest book and the shortest movie. So it's kind of a strange... Um, yeah. yeah, no, I, it, that's, that's by far my favorite. I think that's the most important book in the series. Um, and so maybe kind like of, there's by a proxy. lot of stuff with a lot of stuff with Sirius that I feel like was, mm-hmm. it's kind of, kind of, uh, run over. You don't really get, yeah. yes. No, I would agree with that. I would definitely you just kind of see him in that room a couple times and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's, but, yeah, I find it interesting that that's the first movie that David Yates directed and then he directed yeah everyone since including these two fantastic mm-hmm. beasts so mm-hmm. it's like oh yeah, okay All i right. think that's the only one the fifth one is the only one that's not written by uh the same guy too of the original series he, he yeah okay. had like a weird i don't know he had something they else got some a, other they kind of got a uh and they kind of got an assembly line a good assembly line mm-hmm. at the end yeah. there they yeah. were like mixing it up and they're like ah, let's crank these out this mm-hmm. works and let's yeah. let's roll totally um well maybe so, come back and talk the fifth movie with us Next, sure. Uh, next spring, Ellen, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, it'd be great. Uh, so anyway, wow, Pat Mahomes. Uh, so He's good at the football. Sorry. Yeah, we have. I've. By the way, I gotta. I, I gotta get this out. So I have the football game on mute in here, and there was just a commercial. Brian, have you seen the trailer for the Mule? 
the Clint yes. Eastwood movie. Uh huh. Yeah. That last frame where he just looks at the camera in that car, I laugh <laughs> so hard every time because of the Bill Hader bit. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel like he's glaring down a chair. I have, yeah, I have it on school. mute, and I could hear that through through the mute. <laughs> it's still here, just with his eyeballs. I could, I could hear. I apologize. Okay, so let's talk Fantastic Beasts because that's uh, because contractually we have to because of the name of this episode. <laughs> um, oh, Brian, did we get your connection to Potterverse? You go ahead. Oh quickly, yeah, no. I, 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 yeah, very quickly because I'm sure yeah. I said it before, and we'll, we're going to go again. I we've teased this 17 times in this episode. We're doing. On the VIP feed, so madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP, uh, in the spring into the summer, we're going to do at least, I think we're going to try one a month, maybe two a month to knock it out a little quicker. We're going to go through and, and uh, do in-depth review on all of the Harry Potter movies with Kent, who has never seen a Harry Potter, Potter movie. So be ready for that. We'll go into it more there. I, I saw the first four movies before I watched, or excuse me, before I read books uh any book i'd never read a book before but so it was it was quite the learning curve for me yeah um, the first book was a john feinstein um the punch um the yeah. punch. <laughs> yes. yes uh yeah no i i was kind of uh i was these came out this is what's so fun. like if if uh if someone is seven eight years younger than me now in my life i'm like whatever that's fine that's cool when Ellen, when you said you were in kindergarten, when the no. first book came out, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so ancient and old. Uh, it's well, it's crazy. If but- it makes you feel any better, my brother is uh, like five and a half years older than me, mm. and obviously, like it's a similar gap. Like we had nothing in common <laughs> until these books came into our life. So I mean, oh, that's yeah. funny. That's yeah. funny. Uh, so I was uh, the bo- I was aware of the books. I was very contrarian of like, no, I'm not going to read that. I'm, I'm way too cool for that. I have nothing else to do, but I'm not going to read those books. And <laughs> uh, But I, w- I did go see the movies. The first two came out at like Thanksgiving break, I think. Uh, my first yeah. two. And I believe that those were my first two years in college. So I went to see those with my family on Thanksgiving break. And was like, oh, these are fine. I like them. The third one is such a dramatic shift and change, uh, both the book and the movie. Yeah, Yeah, it's a huge step forward. And so at that point, I was like, man, I really like this series. I'm into this. The fourth movie, Goblet of Fire, after I saw that movie, because that too, it's not quite the same jump from two to three as from three to four, but it, it certainly builds on three and kind of, I think four is where you get like actual good acting really for the first time from any of the non stage yeah. like very veteran stage production people Dumbledore uh, is so much you feel awful cuz like Richard Harris is a legend right yeah. but like Michael Gambon and Dumbledore is a thousand times better I rewatched them this weekend and it takes the movies get so much better with him as Dumbledore I, I think I tend to agree with you but that is a hot sports opinion people, it's a hot super, yeah <laughs> Ellen Ellen's angry you made her angry um <laughs> but, <laughs> he's so docile in the first I mean it's just yeah. like kind of like like he seems about to die which he was (laughs) oh no you made ellen angry um i'll but to finish the fourth the fourth movie i was like actually really i really love this and i'm now i'm going to read the book so i i then i think i had read them all before the fifth movie came out because the seventh book came out around the same time as the fifth movie it was all relatively close together so that was this huge like the year of harry potter for me Mm -hmm. uh, i was working at a bookstore yeah yeah made a lot of money I remember that <laughs> night I hosted a party at the bookstore, and we had one of those things. It's like, oh, you'll never see that again. I can't imagine you'll ever see that again. We mm-hmm. probably had at this kind of suburban Borders Books, R.I.P., 
like 2,000 people there. Yeah. I mean, huge. in line, outdoor, going around. We had a stage. Mm-hmm. There was, mm-hmm. I mean, it was like a whole thing. A and you deal. go, it's a big deal. I never when is was this? allowed to go to those midnight book premieres. <laughs> uh, they were awesome. I still have a first edition of, uh, of uh, Deathly Hollows, which I'm I'm proud of. Nice. It's not that. Oh, many. all of mine are first release. We would no, we would go to Borders together, my yeah. mom and I, and she'd sign me up to be like, "You're <laughs> gonna pick up our copy as soon as it comes out." But I wasn't allowed to go to the midnight. <laughs> yeah, that's. I remember that was the thing too. The reserves, and then it would just continue. I mean, those things were such cash cows. I mean, no wonder she's worth a billion dollars. Right. Um. Anyway, okay. So, uh, Fantastic Beast. I'm meh. All right, cool. Well, thanks for coming on. Where can we find you? No. So, the first one left a lot to be desired. It, it's a. It, these are frustrating movies to review because there's a lot of them that it's still David Yates who, who really knows this world. I think aesthetically pretty well. He's not the visionary of like Alfonso Cuarón or something where you go what, where he literally feels like he's slumming it doing a Harry Potter movie, but, but you're loving every second of it. Um, but he like is very serviceable and, and knows it and and uh i think a lot of the performances he directs are really underrated um i suppose you know everyone just focuses on the shot composition and the effects and all that but he, he really pulls um he's out but the first movie and it's just like i don't like any of these actors it's, it, there's not a whole lot of charisma you know you could say the one actor we liked <laughs> right yeah seriously like, yeah gosh um I like this so much more it, if we just flipped that <laughs> no would have been a great I'm... review so glad Such he a... wasn't in this one because I was just like, I can't. Yeah. So, yeah, so we get to this and it's like, th- that's not a terrible, terrible movie, but it's not a good movie. And it's frustrating with these properties in this universe. It feels mm-hmm. like they should all be very good, at least now. Um, and a lot of it comes down to the lead. I, and the well, several of the leads are just not, you know, say what you want about the acting ability of a Rupert Grint, but the guy was charismatic <laughs> and you enjoyed watching him on mm-hmm. television on screen and and that's just not necessarily the case for Catherine Waterson. I'm sorry. No. Um, sorry. Is that was that a hot HSO? No, there? no, no that's that's you. an that's an I agree. Like, oh, oh my okay. God. Yeah. So anyway, and not to mention Redmayne, who we are. This is like a movie, and I'll shut up here in a second. Purposely designed to drive all of us crazy because of the <laughs> cast. It's like everyone can make fun of Eddie Redmayne. We're not fans of, but I feel like maybe the public is at large. So that's fine. Uh, we think Catherine Watterson's a fine actress, but no charisma. Johnny Depp, we've made a million jokes about. And then they add, what's his name, Ezra? What? Yeah, Ezra Miller. He was in the yeah. last one, but. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you throw him into this. And then I like Jude Law, so that's there's that. And I <laughs> right. liked Sexy Dumbledore. I saw him online today referred to as Yumbledore, which I liked. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> okay. I was down with that. Um, but. Uh, Anyway, that was that was pretty much all I liked though in this. So I'll, I'll pass it on to you, a uh, better critic. I liked Sexy Dumbledore, and the rest was borderline uh, garbage, which is surprising considering she wrote the script. But uh, I don't know. And I know there's some canon issues, so I'm expecting some. <laughs> Ellen's about to just she's like you go, Ellen. Right now. Just yeah, tee go off. Let's do it. Okay. Well, yeah. How'd you general... feel about the first one? And then just yeah, start on start on this okay. one. Yeah. First one. I did not hate it, but <laughs> it wasn't, I don't know. I, I, yes, Catherine Watterson, I didn't find any kind of chemistry with her and anybody on screen. Mm-hmm. And that definitely showed on this movie as well. I mean, just, I don't know, no chemistry, but, um, uh, the first movie, I would say we all walked away from that thinking like, you know, the Jacob Kowalski character was probably the best part of that. 
we had one very mm-hmm. charismatic mm-hmm. person on screen and it kind of pulled us through the whole thing. Um, I like the idea. I love the idea of going back in to like, you know, a history of Hogwarts and a history of these characters and this world that, that I love and that means so much to me. And um, it's just, it, it was a little disappointing um, that they, the character choices, like, I don't know, uh, Newt's commander could have been any kind of person, mm-hmm. but they chose for him to be this kind of person who's incredibly awkward and stumbles through every interaction, which like, I get it. He does better with the creatures and that's what makes him so good with them. And that's what kind of pushes that forward. But at the same time, Great it's side like character. He's got to carry the movie with that. Exactly. So that, I mean, that's kind of what my hangup was on the first one. Um, my problem was Silicon Valley too, by the way, the middle March bro. It's mm-hmm. like, I just, yeah. he makes me nervous after. And it's like, if he was, a side character, he'd be fine, but yeah, and I can't I, deal with that elite. I'm too nervous the whole time. Exactly, and I find myself, I still watch that show for Zach Woods, because he's the funniest part of it, mm. I think. Totally, totally. Um, but going into this one, I think I was most looking forward to, um, to seeing Jude Law as a young Dumbledore. I think he's a really good actor, and had I been the one casting that's probably who i would have chosen i i was uh happy with that choice and i really i like zoe kravitz a lot Mm -hmm. i thought that's a good addition to this world i think she can really bring something some kind of charisma to this that (laughs) the other actors aren't really bringing um but i guess kind of going back to the first one i really i honestly wish that they had never involved colin farrell at all um, yeah, I agree. I would agree with you. Yeah. The disappointment in me and the people that I went to go see the first one with when it was revealed that it was just Johnny Depp with bleached eyebrows <laughs> could not like we I could feel it all around me. It's and so that just kind of think about me... that in 2005. How opposite that sentence would be. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's like really Colin though. Farrell's hot off SWAT. You know, Depp's <laughs> killing it still. And you're like, yeah, the Colin Farrell character turns out to be Johnny Depp. They're going to make him 80 of these. And then now it's mm-hmm. like, oh, please put it back. Put it back. So I'm glad they didn't bring back Colin Farrell for this one to be that like disguise because you just can't help but compare. Um, and uh, but yeah, did Johnny Depp get to pick his costume for this? Because he was wearing like. Mm-hmm. like pirate boots and leather pants and an ascot which i don't think mm-hmm. any of that was being worn in 1927 <laughs> well his we talked about this a little bit before you came out with kent uh his scarfist had a producing had an ep credit um <laughs> so there's a lot of scarves and ascot and the, and the scarfist obviously can can walk in the ascot world as well so sure. it's it's complicated bureaucratic studio stuff but yeah that's why yeah yeah and like knowing what I know about the you know the history with Grindelwald and Dumbledore, that I all find fascinating. And I just I would not have in a million years cast Johnny Depp. It is Agreed. interesting. It is interesting though. The person I had like in mind, I think when I even read about it when the Duff book McKagan. came out. No, it was the. It, <laughs> So du- so Duff oriented his around here. His his best friend Duff McKagan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it was actually the guy they had to play him in the little flashback. That kid from 
um, I don't even know what I recognized him from, but I like knew that face. Um, but either way, um, yeah, I would, would not have cast Johnny Depp. Mm. Probably a scars guard would have done better since he is supposed <laughs> to be like some like very bleached, you know, German mm. or Scandinavian type of looking guy. Um, but yeah, those are just kind of generally, I was yeah. so hung up on the casting choices going into this that I just kind of like couldn't think of anything else mm. until I actually mm. sat down and watched the movie. Sure. Yeah, look, and I... then nothing happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I rewatched the first one uh, a couple days before this movie. I hadn't. I don't think I'd seen it since theaters, I which I watch... I mean, I watch the Harry Potter movies every year, so it's a bummer that Fantastic Beast is, is just such an outlier to me that I, I hadn't seen it in, in a couple years. But, um, you know, I feel like my thoughts on it were... were pretty well cemented from from when we we first saw i think i think both of these movies are fine i there's there's a lot that is frustrating about them from a like a harry potter enthusiast perspective and i think there's plenty that you can complain about from a just a filmmaking perspective as well i think the problem is the those two things come together for most people that see these movies, right? Like there's not a lot of people that see fantastic beasts and don't have any real admiration for the original series that come out being like, that was great. Really love that. You know, it's, it's a, it's a very, that's a small market of, of people. So you're, you're catering to the people that really love this original series. And then you're also making movies that are not, up to the quality of that original series, but are, you know, fine. But they're then they're also not up to the storytelling of that original series, but kind of fine. And then you kind of mix those two things together, and you get nerds like me that are just like, this sucks. Like, it's just really not inspired. And it's, I think you mentioned it, Richard, it's kind of, it maybe the most frustrating thing to me with both of these movies, and then I'll, I'll talk for just a second on, on this one exclusively, but... The I love this world so much. I love this. I love the um, I love the aesthetic. I love the music. I love the way in which uh, J.K. built this whole world out, and the way magic works, and the what we see and what we don't see, and all this. Research. I think it's such a it is such a brilliantly thought out universe, and I love it. Um, and so with both of these movies, you sit down and you're you're in that world but it it's that makes it worse when the stuff when things don't go as well as you want them to go and as they should go and it, it feels kind of choppy it's like i don't know false. yeah it does and it, and you you feel like you're i don't know those those first those eight movies you really feel like you are in hogwarts or in Hogsmeade or whatever and it, you, you just like that's part of their charm is that it's just really engrossing and you're really loving what you're a part of and it's so easy to um, attach yourself to and then these are it's just kind of like I don't know it's like living in the the low income section of the housing community that's like sort of on the outskirts of this awesome magical place and you kind of get glimpses of it but it's never the same and i don't know it, it it's almost worse that it's so mediocre while also being in this world than if it just existed in its own right if that makes sense but um yeah. 
But yeah, so Excuse this me? one, so uh, real quick, but I thought, I thought, uh, you know, there were some positives. It's a, it like I said, it's fun to be in the world. I thought Eddie Redmayne was better in this than he was in the first one. And that's not saying a whole lot because I don't really like him, and I'm I'm just super annoyed by his whole bit and the mumbling and the staring down at your feet. I just I don't I think people find that charming, and I am not one of those people. I just I don't like it, and it's it's very off putting on screen and kind of annoying. Um, but I you know I thought he was better here than he had been in the past, and for all of my grumbling, I think rightly about the um, the casting of Johnny Depp. I I don't know. He was this probably this sad to say, but this is probably the best he has been in a decade. Maybe outside of Black Mass or something like that. Like once yeah. I'm actually in the movie and I'm watching, and I'm so bummed that they swapped Colin Farrell for Johnny Depp. And I said at the time that that just felt. You said Richard too. Like that just felt like such a ten to fifteen years ago kind of move. That's just so frustrating. Uh, but once I'm actually sitting in the theater, I thought he I, he was definitely not a part that I was uh, that I was focusing on as a negative. I thought he was he was good enough, and there are parts of the story that I think really actually worked well for me. The biggest problem with all of this is this movie, especially. It's like it feels like at least two movies, maybe three that they're just trying to tie in together. It feels like the first movie felt like an attempt to make a new franchise and um, get you hooked on this character, whether you really want to or not. You're, you know, We're going to try really hard to, to make you love Newt's commander. And then, <laughs> but this feels more like, um, well, really what we want to do is tell the story of, of Grindelwald and, and Dumbledore. And I'm interested in that. I'm here yeah. for that story. I don't give a crap about Newt's commander and most of the stuff that is happening with him. And so now you're two movies in. I don't think that the series has any real tone or like a definition of what it actually is. The parts of, I don't know, the, the, the Grindelwald Dumbledore stuff. And this is very, was better than anything else, but it still is not quite, it can't be the main I don't know. It, it's still not the main A story. You're, so you're still kind of jumping back and forth. It just, I don't know. It seemed like maybe the idea was in the back of everyone's mind was let's make a, a Grindelwald Dumbledore series. And maybe they should have just done that instead of try to build it all around this character who, I mean. is a peripheral. like Yeah, he's a peripheral and genuinely, I Regardless of Eddie Redmayne, and re- it could be, I don't care, like, whatever. It could be Chris Pratt. It could be Michael B. Jordan. It could be anybody that I, Ryan Gosling, that I love. And this character doesn't matter. Doesn't it doesn't care. have They've any be bearing on, yeah, sure, sure. But it doesn't have any bearing on what has happened in the previous yeah, Potter series. And it really doesn't have any bearing on what happens now. And there's like one or two moments in this movie where they really try to force that, you know, Dumbledore yeah. says to him, like, you're the only guy for the job essentially. And I'm like, no, he's not. You could, yeah, I was like, there's thousands. no one else you can turn it's, to. <laughs> he's just a weird dude who talks to people's shoes and likes animals. I, that's not, he's, he's fine. If he was the fifth character or something, if he's like, part of the ensemble of, of the team that's going to take down Grindelwald, then 
I think it works. But no, he, he doesn't. He doesn't matter to this entire and this whole the books, the movies, the Pottermore, the fans, all of this stuff is so well planned out and so um, almost Star Trekian in its like here the canon and the foundation and all this stuff. And then you're just shoehorning this character in and saying, no, this guy matters. He's so important to what's happening with what ultimately leads to the central thesis of this whole, you know, of the Harry Potter thing. And it just, it's, it never finds the right note for me. Never. I, I don't know. I could handle a movie that is about Newt Scamander and everything that's happening with him. And I could definitely take a series of Grindelwald uh, cast differently versus young Dumbledore, but the, the, that intersection of those two is so forced and bad, and I just, I don't know what, I don't know what we're doing with all of these side characters that aren't, uh, you know, Depp and and, uh, and Jude Law. I just, I, I don't know, and anyway, so I've, I've gone forever. That's my <laughs> very long-winded general thoughts, but it's it's frustrating. It's They're frustrating movies, in spite of being fine, you know. Yeah, he's yeah. sort of the, in a, in a weird way, uh, Newt is like much better. I don't mean that he's not as grating, but he's kind of a Jar Jar. You know, he introduces yes. you into this new prequel world, and then there's cooler stuff going on around it. And then you're like, "Wait, we're 45 minutes into this, and why are we still with this weird alien guy?" And that's kind of like we are two movies into it with Newt. I feel like you know, it just feels like the lens is on the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he's fine as a little side character. You're not going to get any Redman to do it, but you have some anyone else do it. Um, I just don't. Yeah, I, I, look, hindsight's twenty twenty. I mean, maybe they just thought they it was too much pressure to to do, you know, the Dumbledore trilogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get that, but now you kind of like. I feel like Jude Law was pretty cool. I mean, I, I thought he worked, and so same now. It's like, is it weird now to just spin off and do three Dumbledore movies, meeting up, leading up to him meeting Lily Potter or something? I don't know. I I mean. I would rather I see we, that. <laughs> yeah, I think we all would. Like, yeah. before this, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them was a textbook written mm-hmm. by Newt Scamander that all the students at Hogwarts read. So doing a movie about that would have been a really cute one-off. Mm-hmm. Yes, 100%. And would yes. have worked so well as, like, a great nod to the history of the yes. wizarding community, the history of Hogwarts, and that, and that would have been a really great one-off that we could have easily led us into a Dumbledore Grindelwald trilogy like right right <laughs> and that yes. I think would have worked so well and to pick a really odd and quirky character to be part of this is fine but I wouldn't hang the whole thing on him especially mm-hmm. when you have when you as the second you throw Dumbledore into it that's all I want to watch like I just want to watch that part and I mm-hmm. want to watch the history that I already minutes. know about and especially to have like a leading man like Jude Law, who I think did a really good job. I think he played Dumbledore just as well as I would have wanted him to. And like, let's spend some more time in Hogwarts. Although there's no way McGonagall would have been teaching at that time. Uh, Whatever. Was, like, <laughs> even that bothered me. And I'm not even a nerd. Like, as, so, <laughs> as soon as we go into spoilers, I have so many issues with the yeah. timing of so many. Let's but, just get there. Let's do it. Let's go. Just get it. Everyone, shut up. Spoilers. Okay. Spoilers. Put your little wands away. <laughs> We're going to talk about uh, Fantastic Beast spoilers. Go ahead, Ellen. Go. Okay. 
I did. I wrote some of this down, so I would not forget because there's so many things that don't add up. Um, yeah, McGonagall for sure would not have been teaching at that point, um, which would have been what in the nineteen like tens. Like, yeah, nineteen twenty. It's the twenties, but barely. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, it's post World War One, I, I believe. Yeah. So. And then uh, also, <laughs> until I went back and read just exactly when Credence was born. For sure, I thought that they were on the Titanic, which was odd. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. I didn't even think about <laughs> I was like, that. I'm Gosh. sorry, are we on the Titanic? Um, but Gosh, I didn't even think about that. Now I'm angry. <laughs> That's so Forrest Gumpy. That's terrible. Okay, sorry. But they're not. They're not okay. because, um, again, full, again, full spoilers here, because according to everything, if it's correct, uh, Credence was supposed to have been born in, like, 1901, but Albus Dumbledore's mom died in 1898, 1899, and at that time, his father was an Azkaban. Okay, yeah. So this whole <laughs> twist doesn't add up, but, you know, J.K. Rowling wrote it, so... Uh, you, I know, so that's he, what's I, crazy, is she wrote it. It's like she lost her, uh, like, her Bible. Mm-hmm. Not, like, the Bible by but you know like a story story writing bible of right. all the rules and laws yeah i want to talk about we we talk about america's incarnate in, um incarceration rate you know the wizard world like everyone at least knows <laughs> someone that's been in Azkaban. i mean they really could they not get some ankle bracelets or something like everyone every like 50 percent of their citizenry is in prison seems mm-hmm. like it's a huge misfortune of justice. None of the lawyers, excuse me, none of the wizards go to law school. That's the main problem. Once they get in those court settings, they just, they genuinely don't know what they're doing. It's public defenders. It's, you know, they're all overworked. There's owls everywhere. They're like it's... weird goblins and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like the, those angry, what are those characters that are great? The banker guys? Yeah, the goblins. Little, like, yeah. The goblins. Yeah. Right. yeah, the goblins, they're they're the lawyers, right. too, and they're just not happy. They're just cashing a paycheck. Like, right. They're not even into it. Right. But, yeah, and I just I, – and I have a hard time believing, like, in Deathly Hallows when Harry finds out all this stuff about Dumbledore's past, and he even meets his brother, Aberforth, and he tells him the whole story with their mm-hmm. younger sister, Ariana, who is also an obscurial. Like, would they not have brought up this right. other <laughs> – brother that is a big part of his showdown with Grindelwald I mean I don't know but had this been written by anyone else but JK Rowling I would be like I don't know if it makes it more frustrating or not that yeah, she's just I, it makes me changing more her own like yeah, yeah. It, it feels very retrofit to get a uh, a new a new franchise out there and and just but also like not necessary like you don't <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Ezra Miller does not need to be Dumbledore's brother for that. <laughs> I don't know. You can explain it away as just, well, he's super powerful. So all I got to do is, as Grindelwald, is figure out a way to pit him against Dumbledore. Uh, he I mean, killed your family. Oh, okay, cool. He's, I'm going to go fight him. I mean, that, that doesn't. It, that you don't. You don't have to interconnect everything. And it's that. That to me, that may be the biggest downfall of the current franchise, not just like this, I mean like all franchises, we just, and I I think that's, Marvel has done it so well that everybody has to, it's like a pressure to to figure out a way to tie in literally everything and make everything 
come together in the you know to where well who is this guy well he fit, he's here and this is how he can and it's like the it's like the 21 jump street with the the yarn with the flow chart you know of like all the <laughs> connection is this artistic it is uh but it's it's it, it's very artistic sir but the but it's very frustrating we don't you don't, don't need, need that you can just have stories can ex- especially in a vast cinematic or or literary universe like star wars is like harry potter is like whatever you don't have to now have now you see me obviously <laughs> uh apologies to louis Lettier for forgetting but and john m chu uh you, you don't have to and you both woodies <laughs> you don't have to have that it doesn't have to all tie in. There can be like five tie-ins. We don't like have Dumbledore, to have one thousand. You know. Yeah, Dumbledore being in this movie is enough for me. Yeah, exactly, exactly. There's, there's just so much. I that, I I would say even yes, I, I'm with you. All that stuff is very frustrating. I I'm not. I I guess I'm not as concerned about canon issues as. Uh, some people are, regardless of, of the franchise, I, I just want the movie to be good. So yeah. for me, it's like I can forgive all this stuff if it is convenient enough, like if the convenience makes sense. And if I come away being like, well, obviously that's, you know, that's super retrofit and stupid and, and doesn't really tie in, but it worked. It was fun and it, it was engaging and it, it led to this like dramatic moment or whatever, whatever the case may be. As I always say, just give me a just give me a reason to buy in. That's all I want. And and this was kind of almost <laughs> almost aggressively and purposefully against that. It's like, no, I'm not gonna let you just sit back and enjoy. I'm gonna make your brain go crazy because you know that all of this doesn't make sense. But I'm just gonna mm-hmm. and, it, and that that was is very problematic. But again, is a symptom of just not making a, a really good movie. Just give us a reason yeah. to not care that there's no reason for these connections. You know what I mean? Just just let it go, and and we'll, we'll be fine with that. But you gotta you gotta deliver on the first part of that to make that happen. Mm-hmm. I will say I yes, and there were some scenes that were fairly strong to me. I mean, movie wise, mm-hmm. I feel like they were a little bit more successful this time around. Um, Regardless, I think as as much as I did enjoy seeing like you know the little nifflers and stuff, that was kind of the weakest part. Mm-hmm. But I I think the um the rally at the Lestrange, um like was it the mausoleum? I thought that was a fairly strong scene where he's mm-hmm. gathering all these people, and you kind of see the beginnings of what come what turns into all these followers of what will eventually be you know Voldemort, but I thought that was fairly strong the way he used visions of like the atom bomb and world war two to show them that the, mm-hmm. the muggles are your enemy, that kind of stuff. Um, and I, I really did like Nicholas Flamel. I kind of, I liked that bit. I oh, liked I having hated him that. in there. I hated really? that so much, Ellen. I got it. That was <laughs> like, real? that might be my number one dumb shoehorn Gotta get, gotta make sure you guys know this is a Harry Potter movie thing of the Aww. whole movie. I couldn't stand it. If it, he, here's my deal. If if the the character introduction was fine, whatever. If he mattered in the slightest to what was happening in the you know in the the conclusion and in the fight of against the against Grindelwald's uh, whatever fire dragon and stuff, then I I would it would forgive any. Uh, any of my like mm, I'm kind of grumbling about this but he literally he's in that scene 
it's a really weird kind of uh, the tone of that scene is different than most of the rest of the movie. And then it's like, well, you better suit up because you're going to need you. And then he literally just wanders on screen and is like, stick your wand into the ground. And that's all he does. It just that could have been. I don't know. Like that, that whole scene I, for me, I was like, I was I was. Uh, so I'm sorry, but I was super. No, I'll give you that. I'll that. give I was you just that. like, I just give that's me a fair. reason for him to be here. That's all. Yeah, I'll give you yeah, that. No, yeah, I, that was that was weird. I I, uh, <laughs> I I was that's such a weird part of the philosopher slash sorcerer's stone, too, is that inclusion of this weird uh, mm-hmm. uh, myth, you know, uh, from like real life world. It's in a cool way. It's weird. So it was just it was mm-hmm. the double down was felt it worked really well in in the first movie and book and then not as well in this. Sure. I, I, I'm team Brian on this. Sorry. I want to deal with it. <laughs> um, all right. So each of you give, so top two that Nicholas from is your favorite part of the movie. Good. Okay. So, <laughs> um, no, but what is, no, what, what is the, so are, had they announced the third one of these? Was this originally dreamed up as a trilogy? Did they five. just, are they going to kind of, I really oh, think it's boy. five. I'm, I'm, 2020 is our next movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll look is that he up, still but... on board? I think he's like even he's too much an autopilot now. Yeah. Okay, I'd agree the with assembly that. line worked for a while. I think he's a talented guy. But now I'd love to see a new director kind of shake this up a little bit. Kind of like how Chris Columbus is a talented guy. He's made some great movies and then you you threw mm-hmm. an Alfonso Curry on and everyone mm-hmm. went, Oh, this makes made more sense as a big theatrical movie thing and not just good family fair totally so i maybe maybe a different director's eye could could uh you know spiff this up a little bit and maybe aim it more in that grendelwald dumbledore direction i don't know i would agree with that they have him announced as the director for all right so 2024 we'll see though yeah hopefully sure sure because this didn't do Uh, well it did not do well compared to what they were expecting mm -hmm. what it was like 75 million or something and it'll it'll pull overseas so whatever it's not like it's gonna it's not going to be a bomb. It's not going to be a failure or anything like that. But uh, who would you like to see do it? Someone, and they probably have to be British because she's pretty mm-hmm. strict about that. So I'm trying to think who would be, you know, like Sam Mendes, Brian, your guy. But hey, he did make Skyfall. Hey, yeah, if you could get, yeah. get a little, he, he's good for one. He can come to a franchise for one. Just don't have him do another one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Don't, don't, right. uh, <laughs> man, Mason, don't let there be Mason's a spectra. Really angry at you now, Mason. Mason, the edge merit's pretty merit. Pretty mad on that. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I'd have to. I I'd can't have to hear him. It. His voice is too modified. <laughs> oh, those guitar hands. Um, <laughs> um. But so. Yeah, I don't know. I'd have. To, I'd have to think about it. But I'd love. I yes. Let's let's get a different. Let's get a different voice in here. Something. Something. Just we gotta we gotta switch this thing up, or, or like kill off all the characters that aren't Grindelwald and Dumb. Like first five minutes, uh, <laughs> Newt's commander just. Devastatingly yeah. murdered, and then yeah, by a tiger too. The yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. He's <laughs> just like, well, and everybody, everybody's just the next oh, scene Roy. is just people like tipping back their teacups. All like, yeah, I told him, <laughs> told him you shouldn't be, uh, you know, that those are wild animals. You should not, you should, <laughs> you should not be best friends with a gorilla. I don't know. It gets, just, and it gets Siegfried and Roy into the Harry Potter <laughs> universe, which I've been finally. campaigning for forever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's the short term fix. I don't know if that fixes it, but I would love. And again, I, I really love a lot of what Yates has done in this world. Mm-hmm. I just I feel like he's made what five or six of these now. 
Um, maybe it's time to to hand the wand. Sure. Hey, <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Nice. Three, two. Sun, sunglasses on. Hand the wand. Someone <laughs> outside my window is like blaring 90s rock. I don't know what's going on. I think I'm being wooed by John Cusack or something. I don't know what's going on. Sorry. Um, I apologize for you listeners if you can hear my mic's picking that up. It's distracting. Uh, yeah, I think that's the short term, and then you try to hone down the cast a little bit and kind of point it in a new direction. Is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that? I'd be okay. Is anyone with that. else signed up? Is anyone fighting over Redmayne for, for, with you? Can you just maybe? No. I don't know if they signed a deal, but it's like kind of a thing where in sports where it's like if we fired our coach tomorrow, would anyone hire him? That's like <laughs> the that's the question you should ask yourself if you should fire your coach. Is, yeah. Would anyone? Yeah. It's like if we yeah. got rid of Redmayne, would he? Would he front another huge franchise? I don't think he would. So yeah. why is he fronting ours? Totally. I don't know. He, I think he, that's the he question. He belongs in the. He belongs in the indie Oscar bait kind of world much more so than he does here. He, he, look, it was it's not a terrible idea. Like the the concept of this character, the way he is, it's it's you're trying to do you're trying to do something different. You're trying to do an, an not I almost said anti-heroes, not anti, but he he does not fit the the uh, I don't know the the stereotype of what we usually have in a big blockbuster kind of starring role right and that's fine like i'm cool with that concept but it's a weird double down to then also make the character so unappealing and uncharismatic and it's just i don't know i don't know there's people out there who really enjoy the work of eddie redmayne i'm not really one of them but (laughs) it just it seems like a poor choice to cast him and then just like really really lean into the stuff that I don't, I don't know, but that at least for me, I'm like, I hate that stuff. Just, just, can we, I want to be able to hear you, dude. With more movie star people. Like, it's not like, say what you want about Depp and and Jude Law. Both have had their great moments and bad moments, but they're Mm -hmm. bigger movie stars than Eddie Redmayne. So, like, that seems cruel, too. And he's never going to eat up the scenery. Right. And then he's never going to be as big as them (laughs) on a screen. Yeah. And he, and he doesn't really at, to this point he barely plays off of them at all. So so it's it's like a double. It maybe even it's like a lose lose lose. It's like here's this character he does really weird stuff. We have an actor who is kind of aloof and strange and and not that much fun to watch. Um, also, we're going to have Johnny Depp and Jude Law. Jude Law, who's like just super charismatic, and Johnny Depp, who's super charismatic. If you still care for Johnny Depp stuff. Um, but they're huge. They're huge. Now, also, we're going to take that first character, and we're only going to let him work off of Catherine Waterston and some <laughs> other characters and some other actors who just, you know, I like, uh, what's his name, Fogler? He's, to me, he's, like, by far the best part of these movies. And I, you know, I like I like Allison Subtle. Fine. I was a big Fine Frenzy fan back in the day. But, you know, it's not. There's just not a lot to pull out of what is happening with most of those characters. And they're all in a room together most of the time. It's just, it seems very, like, many poor choices. Or many, like, okay, whatever, choices that kind of now all accumulate into one bad choice, you know? It's just, it's just, it's very, it's very frustrating. Very frustrating. Too bad. Yeah, and they didn't use Dan Fogler hardly at all in this movie, and and I don't know the the narrative didn't necessarily call for him as much, um, but maybe rewrite your narrative if that's if that's the problem. I don't know. I, and guys, I honestly I can't. I don't. I 
I would really like for Ezra Miller's character to die in the next movie. I, <laughs> I can't do it. I I can't do it. I and I know he's. You don't like it when he looks through his eyebrows at you. I. You were you were <laughs> that Playboy spread, Brian. Gosh, I yes. So I don't want to. I don't want to make people angry, but this is a. This is we do this all the time. It's not just Ezra Miller. Constantly, we are perpetually in this industry, perpetually looking for the next big thing, and we are very quick to anoint people before they have ever done anything worth anointing them over. So it's again, I'm not, I'm not just railing on Ezra Miller. So it's please, not, it's hold the movie your star thing. More yes, anything. we're He's trying to make a movie actor. star out of somebody who is not a movie star, or at least is not a movie star yet, and that may right. come to pass at some point. But he's not there yet, and but but we, it's like the industry. I, I mean, honestly, Emma Watson was last year with Beauty and the Beast, and all of that went yeah. into that, and then she just doesn't really. She's not. She doesn't have it. She's not there yet for Jeremy it, Renner. Was, yeah, Jeremy Renner is a great example. Like, oh, this guy's gonna be. This guy's the freaking next Robert Redford or something. We're gonna put him in every movie and every, fronting big, huge movies, and you're just like, but he no, we don't. He doesn't have that. He's not that guy, and we've we've seen that come to pass. So that's Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller may be a a fine actor. However, the last three things I think that I've seen him in are Fantastic Beast One, in which he is terrible. Justice League, in which he was for me the worst part of a horrendous movie, and then Fantastic <laughs> Beast Two, where at best he is <laughs> like a zero on the plus minus, you know, just standing it's, there. He's just, standing. he has no purpose. And I get that because again, the narrative of this movie dictates that he's not going to have that much to do and that he will be a bigger part of the movie, the next movie, or maybe the rest of the movies or something. But ugh, I just, I don't, I don't want it. I don't need it. I can't, he doesn't, he doesn't bring anything to the screen to me. I, I genuinely think he is bad in these movies, not just, Lacking in charisma. I think he is actually bad in these movies, and I just I don't want it. I don't want any more of it. But yeah. look, Other positives. That, Are there any like Richard? What's what's <laughs> what's a pot? Something something you like besides Jude Law? We all like Jude Law. Is there anything else that uh, leaps out as a as a positive from this? Because I don't think I anyway. I'm I'm not going to grade this all that harshly because I you know whatever. I was here for it in some ways. Yeah. I I I thought it was like the epitome of. Of fine, but was there something positive? So I don't want to just harp on it, but is there something positive that that you that you dug, Richard, Ellen, either of you? Yeah, I mean, I mean, as much as we do harp on, you know, Johnny Depp and who he has become these days, it is kind of nice to see him actually showing up and trying. And I thought this, like you said, was one of his stronger performances as of yet. And when you take it as it is, like in the scene that he's in, I was. I was there for it. Now when I stop and I compare it to Ray Fiennes as Voldemort, then I kind of back off a little bit. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. like, it was, I mean, I, I walked out of there being pleasantly surprised by his performance, and I was not expecting that at all. Sure. Um, and then I feel like, yeah, the Zoe Kravitz was a, and that her performance was another strong part. I liked her her scene with Dumbledore when she goes back to Hogwarts, I think that might've been my favorite mm. little scene. Um, all, which is interesting. Cause I know a lot of people are saying that the parts without Grindelwald don't have any plot. Everything else is just kind of not really doing anything. I was like, well, that's probably people who aren't super into like the history 
and aren't super big book nerds like like I am, but I really loved those little bits. Mm-hmm. Um and did she did she did she die? I think so. So how does the Lestrange <laughs> name go on? Because we know Bellatrix Lestrange exists in the Harry Potter time. I mean, <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm maybe there's a maybe it's a cousin or an offshoot or something. But if, that if that's the, the case, then why why make her? Of this thing yeah. is that like the last living Lestrange? Yeah, I mean, that's well. Uh... I don't know. I have no. So, like, if it weren't for, like, the blaring plot holes that kept taking me out of it, I mean, I was in. I I, I enjoyed my time watching this movie, and yeah. I feel like it. I keep harping on the big plot holes, but I, I'm i going to probably grade it pretty well, too. I mean. Yeah, I felt, I felt like how, uh, I felt like how Batman Shane has described some of these terrible, uh, DC movies of just being excited that Batman's on screen. Like that was sort of the, some of the appeal for me of this franchise. And I think they're smart to build around that. I just wish the building was, was done much better, but there's that feel of just like, well, gosh, I love, I love the magic and I love the, this universe and the feeling of it. And that gets you, that gets you, you know, so far, and then at some point you you have to build. I thought the beasts were cool in this one. The the tiger thing, whatever it was, was was yeah, the Chinese tiger that yeah. actually looked like an ancient right. Chinese like right. drawing. Yeah, I mean like for um for a series that is called literally Fantastic Beasts, the first movie I was not overly impressed with the with the beast. This one I thought did a better job with some of that. Um. You know the Niffler actually having a freaking role, or in what's happening after two full movies of just being a MacGuffin sort of yeah. cute thing was fine. You know there there's there are positives to take. I would say Ellen, you said people have been complaining about that. There's not you know there's no plot outside of Grindelwald. I would say the opposite. I think it's it's over plotted in every other aspect. There's just there's way too much that's trying to get crammed into. Um, one movie. I don't think it's well plotted, but I think there's there's a lot of plot that we got to get through in this two hours and and ten minutes, or or else, <laughs> you know, I, I we're not gonna know how um this random character ties into another random character from the you know the previous series. It's just it's because it's they much. have to apparently have to. Everything's gotta gotta be attached with with a string of yarn. So well. <sighs> You know what I liked. I I can't. Uh, you know, Yumbledore, Team Yumbledore, and I liked. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're right, Brian. I didn't get the touch to this. Depp was better than I expected, but I don't know if that's expectations being crazy low or what. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. uh, you never know mm-hmm. if you're going to get a Sparrow performance or, or something good with him. He still has. I wouldn't say his fastball, but he can still gun it in there every now and then. But uh, but yeah, it's it's. It's a wildly disappointing universe so far, considering the setup of those first eight films. And uh, what I liked was was really small moments and and not much on the whole. And it's mm-hmm. it it felt really foreign to. And I hate saying that because it's not like I know anything more. Than, obviously, J.K. Rowling knows ten times more than anything I would know. But it really felt like someone else wrote it. It felt like someone that was with only passing familiarity in them. Yes. And a couple bullet points. Agreed. That's what was disappointing most. Um, 
was seeing her name on it going, well, how do you, like I said, it's like she lost her notes doc. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, other than that, uh, fabulous. Uh, but <laughs> I mean, should we grade this bad boy out? Yeah, let's do it. All right, Ellen, let's see your grade. This will be interesting from a real Potterhead. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I'm going to have to kind of keep the other, like the original Harry Potter series out when I to grade this because I can't like put it on a scale. But um, I think as as its own thing, especially as its new series being better than the last one, I'm going to give it a solid B. Wow, higher yeah. than I anticipated. All right, all right, bright guy. What about you? Uh, gosh, I'm going. I mean, I'm just gonna go B minus. I mean, when wow, I okay. when I when I enter this on stupid Rotten Tomatoes sponsor, and I'm very oh, thankful for no. my credential. I'm gonna put it in it fresh, and I'm I'm conflicted by that because it was on so many. There are so many things that are not good about this movie and I don't have any, I don't know. I I don't feel a lot of uh, faith, hope and faith in where it's going from here. But I, I did enjoy watching the movie and it, it was more, most of my complaints came in after the fact more so than just in the midst of, of watching the movie. And that, I don't know. That's worth something, but I I readily yeah, admit I agree. I'm, I readily admit I'm I'm upping my grade just based on I love this franchise and and so there's a there's a pull there that that keeps it from being I don't know you just you, you just it's like they it started out with this bedrock to work from that is really fun and good and I love and so it's hard to uh, it's hard to be just super angry um after that but so i'll I'll go b minus but i don't feel great about it if i'm being honest so richard what about you i'm gonna go c minus and i really don't know (laughs) if i'm if i want yeah this was not enjoyable to me at all i'm surprised after this ranting that you guys gave it b's on i'm not saying you're wrong i'm just surprised i feel like the tone of this was different but uh yeah i'm gonna go c minus and i'm really torn on what to do fresh or rotten on it but uh that's my decision and and, uh you know I, i will seek with my board of trustees and counselors on it uh all right cool well, that's that. I mean, so we average out at about, I don't know, B minus, a C plus, somewhere in there mm-hmm. uh, between the three of us. You know, Kent, Kent is missed on this. I feel like he'd have some real angry thoughts on, on canon <laughs> that he doesn't even fully understand. So yeah, much. So <laughs> funny. So, all right, cool. Well, Ellen, where can we find you online? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Ellen Tudus. That's E L L E N T O U D O U Z E because I know my last nice. name is kind of weird. And uh, on Instagram at Ellen Toodles. Nice, Brian. Where can you, I find you? You can find me on the Twitter at Beagle Twelve, and you can find my writing at MadAboutMoviesPodcast dot com. Arby, if I'm looking for you, where might I find yeah. you on the internet? You can find me on the Twitter. At Richard Barden on Instagram, at Richard Barden. Anywhere you want to find me, just search my first and last name. It's not too many of us. Well, I'm the fourth, so there's a lot of them in my family. But there's not <laughs> outside of my family. There's not a whole lot of us, uh, so you can you can find me. And most are either dead or not on social media. So uh, that's good. Uh, yippee. So anyway, you can find the show at Mad About Movies Podcast uh, dot com. You can find us at Mad About Movies on Twitter and all that good stuff. And uh, we got another. We got Buster Scruggs coming this week is too. Brian and Ken are going to talk that down. Mm-hmm. Next week we got Widows. 
and Creed uh, two baby Creed two. So we've got some. We're Let's getting go. into that hot and heavy. It'd be nice if you guys threw some of these. And you know, Harry Potter. Feel free. Feel free to come out in September. <laughs> yeah, That'd be cool. Yeah, somebody try out. I don't know February. Give it a shot. Just <laughs> let us see a movie in February. That'd be awesome. That'd be fantastic. God. So. Good times. Good times. All right. Well, Ellen, a pleasure as always. We didn't even burden you with any umbrella talk, so that's good. <laughs> and we will see all of you at the set. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegged. But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. The salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again.